Welcome to Leading from Alignment, a weekly podcast from Converge Coaching, where our passion is to help you lead better, lead longer, and enjoy it more. Hello again, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Leading from Alignment, episode 152. Uh, We have a special guest back with us today, Chip Judd. If you didn't hear episode 151, you're going to want to, after you listen to this one, you're going to want to go back and listen to episode 151. Uh, Chip is a uh, a staff pastor at Seacoast Church. He has served in uh, a variety of roles in the last 30 years, pastor, marriage and family counselor, a friend to, to leaders and churches, and uh, a graduate actually of the Citadel with the Bachelor of Arts in Chemistry, which uh, by the way, when I read that, Chip, I thought um, that's one part of life that we can't be friends over because uh, chemistry uh, left my uh, my mind very quickly. I just could not get my arms around it. Um, but he also has a master's in counseling. And so, Chip, thank you for coming back uh, for another episode. I was wondering if you might just for a few minutes kind of cap or recap what we talked about in episode 151. Yeah. Yeah, you had asked me what I feel like are the top couple of challenges facing leaders today. And of course, yeah. my responses are typically leaders in the church world. Uh, but right. but I would say particularly the second one that I mentioned that we spent our time on is applicable to everybody. Um, the first one I mentioned with pastors is, is not properly kind of First uh, Chronicles 12, 32, the sons of Issachar who understood the times and what Israel should do. And I feel like we don't always do a good job of discerning what's going on around us and then adapting our approaches to fit that. So, uh, but the second thing we talked about that I would consider, I would probably consider this the main challenge is um, here's a way to say it. The inside creates shapes and defines the outside. Yes. And and what I find is most leaders are so busy out here that they're not properly working on in here. Um, okay. And what I mean by that is, is um, just their own emotional health, stability, mm-hmm. learning healthy ways to get their needs met. And um, and what that translates into is the Bible would call it idolatry. My mm-hmm. definition of an idol is any person or thing any person or thing we run to or rely on to meet a need only God can meet. Yeah. And that can be parents, can be a spouse, it can be friends, it can be professional accomplishments, yeah. it can be pleasure, it can be all kinds of things. But if we don't, what I said on the, uh, the last podcast was um, most of the trouble we get into is driven by a cycle based on meeting a right need the wrong way, right need, wrong source. And so what I've found in working with people, leaders, marriages, all kinds of things, is um, if you can figure out what's the need that's being either not met at all or not Mm -hmm. sufficiently or consistently and figure out healthier ways to get that need met, it has a very, very powerful effect on breaking those cycles. Yeah. And um, and I, I just find it's been a really practical way to work in my own life, truthfully, mm. and with uh, leaders that I work with. Thanks for that recap. You know, Pip, I, I wanted to just ask you this. This is a little off script. You know, you, you had said that 
the internal piece doesn't doesn't normally receive the attention uh, it deserves or needs. And right. and you use the word busy uh, close to that. And I and I understand that. Do you think there are other factors that prevent leaders from working on the inside other than the busyness? Are there other things that get in the way of that? Uh, of allowing God to do the internal work inside of their life. Um, yeah, I think I think busyness. I think we I think we have a cultural. Um, <clears throat> what would I call it? A cultural pattern, belief, maybe even that you know we we muscle through, we power through. Yeah. Um, I've heard I've heard lots of things. You know, segmenting five, what seventeen, I think. If any man be in Christ is a new creation, old things have passed away. And I've heard guys wrestle with me about, well, you know, you don't have to deal with your past. You know, God's forgiven you. Well, the bottom line is we, I live today, you live today out of all that life and life's experiences has taught me leading up to today. Right. And growth in God. There's a verse in Jeremiah, uh, Jeremiah 110 that says, it's, it's an interesting application of it. Probably, maybe even some people would take issue with it. But in Jeremiah's calling, God said this, I've set you over nations and kingdoms. And then he says this, to root up, pluck up, pull down, destroy. Root up, pluck up, pull down, destroy. Build and plant. Hmm. Root up, pluck up, pull down, destroy. Build and plant. Now, a guy like me, here's what I see. Four of those are destructive. Yeah. Two of them are constructive. What does hmm. that mean? I believe that's a perfect picture of spiritual growth. Spiritual yeah. growth is two thirds dealing with what's already there. Mm. One third putting new stuff in. Wow. And we're not taught to do that. We're not taught to, and leaders are not encouraged to slow down and say, okay, why do I react? Like I'll use myself in, in days gone by. Why do I become insecure and feel inferior around type A driven, competent leaders. Mm. And the bottom line is it's because my father didn't communicate love and approval to me very well. He would say to me, you're lazy and you'll never mount anything. Mm. And he liked my brother, older brother, more than me. He didn't love him more, but he liked him more. Why? They were more alike. Yeah, I'm a I'm a book freak. I, I I love to sit around and think. And my brother was good with that. Now, what did that do? Well, later in life, I saw myself, you know, faith comes by hearing. I believed. What the God little G of my world said, you're lazy, you're yeah. never mountaining. So what I would do is sabotage my success. Mm. And what eventually happened was, long story short, is God, my heavenly father, got through to me that he made me laid back and relaxed, not type A, right. so that hurting people be comfortable talking to me. Yeah. Now, what I just walked through is a multi-year process yes. of, of internally dealing with what life had put in me. Yes. And... I, John, I couldn't even begin to put into words how it's changed my relationship with other leaders. Now I spend most of my time around type A driven leaders mm -hmm. and, and ministering to them and helping them. And um, I, the inside, 
create shapes and defines the outside. Yeah. If, if, if you hit a wall and can't figure out how to get around it, here's my advice. Look inside first. Because mm. if you solve the problem externally, you're just going to postpone it and run into right. it again. Yep. And, uh, yeah, it's kicking the can down the road. Uh, so such, that's just such good stuff. You know, I think about Paul talking about, um, and if I think it's in Ephesians where he says, put off the old man. Absolutely. With his desires. And, and then he uses other adjectives. And then, then, then he says, and, uh, be made new in the attitude of your mind put on the new self. And so there's this putting off. And I think that's what you were describing in Jeremiah there. Um, mm -hmm. And, and, and there is that I, when I do a, a talk on emotional health and I share my journey through anxiety and depression as a, as a mm -hmm. leader going through major depression, um, you know, I, I have 35 minutes. And so I, I give this talk and I, I always try to preface it by saying, look, this took me about 10 years to figure out yeah. and I'm yeah. giving it to you in 35 minutes. There's no way you're going to be able to uh, do yeah. all of the heavy lifting just out of this one talk. Hopefully all this talk does is, is get you moving in a, in a good direction and give you a good next step. But um, I just I haven't thought about that passage in Jeremiah that way. And it's so powerful. Uh, you know, Chip, I, I think that kind of segues nicely into the next question I have for you. I, from my perspective, and I, and I would acknowledge that my perspective is limited and somewhat anecdotal, it seems to me that the leadership pool is shrinking. And, and by that, I mean, I just, I just think there are less people signing on, signing on the dotted line uh, for ministry. And uh, I'm wondering how you feel about that. If you agree that you see similar trend and, and are you concerned about it? And if you are, um, what's something, what do you think is maybe a thing or two that we can do about it? Mm -hmm. um, hopefully this is not going to sound too whatever philosophical, but I think kind of it's almost a sideways way of coming at the same topic. Okay. But like I look at our culture and some of the craziness that's going on and I think, okay, what's at the bottom of all this? And um, we, we live by narrative. We live by story. Hmm. Stories have authors. Uh, in English, the root, one of the roots of the word, uh, one of the uh, derivations are, in other words, another word built on the word author is the word authority. Well, yeah. here's the problem. At the bottom line, we live in a time when every form of authority is being questioned. Mm. Every form of authority is not trusted. One of the one of the results of that is I don't want to be that. Yeah, I don't I don't I don't want to be an authority. And. And there's another reason for that. Most of us intuitively know that the moment you take on authority, you've, whether you meant to or not, you took on responsibility. Yes. And so we live in a time when uh, it, it, it costs more to be the one responsible. It costs more to, in any manner, shape, or form, carry a label of authority. And so I think, I think we, we hide from it. 
I, I work with a lot of young leaders and you have some that, that put on the, the mantle of authority very easily and honestly, mm-hmm. almost too easily. Mm-hmm. And I would say they're in the minority, the majority almost, almost apologize for their authority. They almost lead by asking permission. Mm. Now, I would say both of those are unhealthy and the, and the healthy places in the middle. So I'm a little, here's why I'm hopeful, John. I think God, if we pay attention, God is birthing a, a, a more healthy blended version of leadership, not quite as top down. Mm. I'm the man, I'm the man of God, whatever. Yeah. but not quite as apologetic either. Right. And, and I think we're going to, if we can just invest properly in people notice, as you, as you said on the other, the other time, uh, you know, recognize and call out in people, develop people. Yeah. I think we're going to see people stepping into leadership and it be a more collegial form, a more um, shared than top down. Yeah, I do think the leadership model in, in the church is broken a bit. Mm. Um, and I think one of the ways God fixes things is you would call it pruning. Yes. You know, John 15, too. And what that means is we're going to shave a little bit here and, and grow a little bit here and shave a little, you know. And yes. I, I kind of feel like that's some of what's happening. Okay. My biggest worry is I do think there is a culture-wide rejection of authority. Yeah. When you hear the phrase, well, that's my truth. What that person's saying is I am my authority. Right. And you know what? You're just an accident waiting to happen is what you are. And and obviously the the lack of institutional trust is, 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 in the church world uh, is, is uh, significant. And, you know, I think one of the things I was going to ask you, you know, how does the church regain institutional trust? I think you may have answered part of that question by the model. Right. And, and I, I don't, I wonder what you think about this, this thought, uh, Chip, I've been thinking about this and I wonder if part of the answer is just for leaders to get healthier. Mm-hmm. And and I'm wondering if younger uh, people who have a call on their life, but they're looking at leaders that are a little farther down the road and they see a lot of unhealth, not just from not just from the way they do what they do, Chip, but just the way they are, that their emotional uh, uh quotient, if you want to call it that. And they look at that and they say, you know what? I don't want to be like that. Right. So I'm out. Uh, is there some of that, do you think, uh, as part of the issue? Yeah. A thought that hit me when you were saying that last part there. Ministry doesn't make leaders unhealthy. Leaders make ministry unhealthy. Mm. Wow. that's okay. In other words, well, let me say it even better. Ministry doesn't make leaders unhealthy. Unhealthy leaders make ministry unhealthy. That's um, so good. So the key to it is to get healthier. Um, you know, the interesting thought, John, the higher you go on the food chain, 
the less truth you get. Mm. I think in some circles, they call it the CEO syndrome. Yeah. You know, oh, well, you know, hey, John, how do you feel like I'm doing? Well, I sign your paycheck. I fill out your quarterly evaluation. Right. You're not going to tell me the truth. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Or, or let's say you do. And a month later, you're punished for it some way. Right. You're no longer invited to the lunch that I go to with three or four guys. The bottom line is this. John 8, 31, 32. Jesus said to those Jews who believed, if you continue in my word, then you're my disciples indeed, and you shall know the truth. Yeah. And the truth will set you free. The counselor in me would say this. The truth will get you unstuck from the unhealthy cycles you're caught in. Right. I believe one of the most important indicators of the trajectory of a leader is his relationship to truth. Mm. Are you his or her? Are you a truth chaser or are you a truth avoider? Mm. Uh, what I tell leaders everywhere I go is find two to three people that love you unconditionally. Right now, they love you exactly as you are, but they've proven to you they'll speak the truth to you when it's hard, the way yeah. it's uncomfortable. And what you should do when you find somebody who loves you just the way you are, but will speak the truth to you, is pay them whatever you have to to keep them in your life. Yeah. Because they are absolutely worth their weight in gold. Yes. And what we do is we, you know, we, we throw the word blind spot around. By definition, a blind spot is an area of weakness or challenge we're not self-aware right. of, right? Yeah. Well, guess what? Somebody's going to have to poke you in the eye huh. to make you aware of that blind spot. Yes. Well, it doesn't take much for a leader that's high enough on the food chain to, to, to insulate themselves from anybody that could poke them in the eye. That's right. And, and I, I see that. I believe that's one, of the, that's one of the biggest things I see in the church, that yeah. leaders think they're getting truth, and they're not. Yeah. And, and I see that in the corporate arena as well. I'm sure. Um, I, think that's a, I think that's a principle that works in both worlds. Um, yeah. And has um, amazingly bad consequences attached to it over time, yeah. if not dealt with. Um, you know, Chip, I, I'd like to play this little game every once in a while with myself. Like, um, if I could go back in time, what would I tell the younger version of myself? Um, mm -hmm. Because I, I've had this this thought cross my head a few times. I I, I have I feel like. I'm in a better spot in terms of my mental and emotional well-being, the way I think about God, the way I think about my relationship with him and, and, and ministry and all that. And I, I, I think, but man, I wish I had like the juice I had when I was in my 20s, physical, <laughs> physical energy. Um, yeah. And so I think about what would I tell myself, this old version of John, what would I tell my younger version? Uh, and I, I wondered, you know, if, if you could do that, if you could go back in time, yeah. what would you tell the younger version of yourself? Yeah, uh, I'm answering it, but I'll answer it sort of uh, less personal. Um, okay. 
I, you know, I, I, I've, I've come to believe this thought that I've heard somewhere else. Um, when you're young, you regret what you've done. When you're older, you regret what you didn't do. Mm. In other words, when you're young, it's sins of commission. When you're older, it's sins of omission. Um, John 10, 10. And I, and I'm saying that's, that's what I would say about my own life. I mm. wish I had acted on things that I saw, felt, believed that I just didn't like, I tell people, uh, I love where my life is. I'm blown away by where my life is. It, it so far exceeds the expectations I had. It's remarkable, but I still believe I'm about a decade behind where I could have been. <laughs> and, um, Understood. And here's an interesting thought. John 10, 10, famous verse, the thief comes to steal, kill and destroy. But I came that you might have life and have that life more abundantly. Well, the first part, the thief comes to steal, kill and destroy. Uh, one time I was preparing to speak somewhere and I felt like God said this to me. The thief comes to steal, kill and destroy. But the greatest theft is not taking from what you have. The greatest theft the enemy succeeds at is keeping you from getting what God meant for you to have. Wow. And I believe if there are regrets in heaven, I believe one of the greatest regrets is going to be what we left on the table. Mm. And typically, usually the culprit or the, the force is going to be fear. Yeah. What, what did we not go after? Right. Because of the fear of failure or whatever. Yeah. I, uh, I heard uh, Ian Prone ask this question. Ian wrote a great book, uh, The Road Back to You. Um, mm -hmm. He said, what would you do if you weren't afraid? Mm. And, and he meant it in a good context, in a wholesome context. Yeah, right. But man, I haven't been able to get rid of that thought for yeah. months. What would you do if you yeah. weren't afraid? Yeah. Um, man, so good. Uh, so powerful. Um, you know, Chip, I, th I think what I would tell the younger version of myself is um, that the ministry will never give you what only God can give you. It will never provide yeah. a lasting sense of value. Right. Um, and as your ministry grows, as you're young, when you're young, I think the thought is as my ministry grows, I'll get happier. Mm -hmm. Um, I'll feel better about myself. I'll feel better about life. And, uh, the, the blow comes when you grow and you realize I'm not that much happier. And, um, and I still, I'm still wrestling with some of those internal uh, thought patterns that have been destructive in my life, telling me I'm not good yeah. enough and those types of things. Right. right. Um, Man, I'll tell you, there's just so much going on in my mind, and we're out of time. Uh, Chip, I, I want to say thank you uh, for taking time out of your schedule to visit with me and chat, and by technology, chatting with our listeners and, and watchers. And, you know, if you're listening today or watching uh, the podcast, maybe something that Chip said really resonated with you it really it really it really stuck with you and you'd like you're not sure where you can unpack that uh we want to just offer you a free 30-minute call through converge coaching 
uh, to help you uh, start to unpack that thought or series of thoughts. And uh, we might be able to help you. And if we can't help you, we've got a great network of people that we know who who can and we'll get you in touch with them if we can't be helpful to you. So you go to convergecoach.com and click on the contact us link. And that uh, is the way you initiate a conversation with us. So Chip, uh, thank you once again. Appreciate you. Uh, I, I appreciate our budding uh, friendship and mm. uh, the opportunity to get to know you. And, and I know that uh, those who are listening and watching are going to be super blessed by what you shared in the last podcast and then uh, this one 152 thank you for allowing me to be here so with that if you are uh, leading anywhere today maybe you're leading a business maybe you're leading uh, a family maybe you're leading a ministry or maybe you're leading a church we want you to know that we love you uh, we do this podcast because we want to add value in, in the best way we can to you. And we want you to know that we are praying for you and we are rooting for you as you continue to lead from alignment.